junkies to another episode of white rabbit i am your host catalyst jones i'm back motherfuckers and i'm bringing the heat i got one of my favorite favorite people here with me today cosmic soul guide aka amanda ray she's killing it man i just seen your last video on tiktok got 1.2 million views what the fuck Dude, I got shut down after that, though. <laughs> oh, did they take you down? Oh, man. Okay, so it was a DMT breathwork video, right? So, um, yeah, so I have, of course, like at that point, like 10-minute videos and stuff like that, whatever. Yeah, needless to say, that video blew up, and then the Lord of TikToks put me on a severe timeout. <laughs> <didn't try> <laughs> you know, because I'm, of course, you know, helping people to get high on their own supply and realize that they don't need anything other than their own breath. Man, that is so awesome. And and you've gone through so much since the last time that you've been on the show. And the show has grown so much since the last time you've been on the show. So there's probably a bunch of new viewers and listeners. Mm-hmm. So please tell these people who in the fuck you are and what you do. Amen, brother. Thank you so much. Um, by the way, boss shit, love your intro, by the way. That was very, very cool. Um, so my name is Amanda Ray, uh, a.k.a. Cosmic Soul underscore guide. Um, I'm a lots of things because I don't like to limit myself to just one thing. So I am a psychedelic integration coach, um, which essentially just means that I help to guide people after really intense um, psychedelic experiences. But not just that, also kind of just some really insane um, spiritual experiences that people are really kind of going through right now. Um, and then I also host medicine and breathwork retreats. Um, currently we're, we're mostly doing retreats right now in the Smoky Mountain area. So like North Carolina, Tennessee, I'm kind of mixing it up. I am an energy healer. Um, I work a lot in alternative recovery. I was a, a re- well, not was, I am a, I've been free from an abusive relationship to heroin now for going on 10 years. Congratulations. I, oh, thank you. Yeah. I use the term addict very loosely because I'm, I'm really here to help kind of undo how we understand mental health and addiction. Um, just sh- through sharing my experiences. Man, that is so awesome. And I know that the first time we talked, you told me about your story when you found yourself in San Francisco and you and your mom came to get you and you had like all these crazy experiences happen to you. And I am so excited to get into what you've been doing since we last talked. Uh, However, you just said that you're doing these things in Tennessee and I and it kills me. It pains me so bad to tell you I just moved back to California. I was in Tennessee. Oh, brother. Well, we'll fly out to Tennessee regardless. 
But man, that would have been well. And of course, Lisa, isn't that just the just the the divine synchronicity? And you know, so right now we're hopping around different places, um, because we do we're hoping within the next year to have an actual physical location that we'll get into of kind of like what that, that's all going to consist of. But in the meantime, because we don't have a specific spot picked out, we're kind of like taking different places wherever we kind of feel called. The last one was very cool. It was in like Blowing Rock, North Carolina, where there's like a really powerful energy vortex and and you could feel it. Um, so we're kind of like tooling around and exploring different places until we really get a feel for where we want to stay, stay long-term. So are you, are you kind of, obviously the United States is your home for now. So are you kind of like going to be here? Because that was one of the main reasons I left Tennessee mm -hmm. is because I was like, not only is weed illegal, yeah. but, uh, I, the, the weed that they do sell out there is like this, uh, it's like a, what is that? What is it even called? I can't Delta remember. Delta eight, like the Delta. Delta eight and Delta nine and stuff. Oh, and I'm like, uh, no, cause this is not even organic real stuff. Like, cause there's some process. So it's like, you're taking away the medicinal aspect of it. Cause there's like, a, there's a whole process involved in like removing the THC and like putting it back in and yeah. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. You know, oh. and now I'm back in California and I got weed maps. So I just open my phone up and I have an app and I'm like, Oh, what kind of weed do I want? And then it gets delivered to my door. Yeah. You can't, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. There's like a lot of ways that, you know, the West coast might seem a little bit more optimal for what it is that we do. Um, but the nice thing about the South, um, especially because of their own religious beliefs is that there's actually some um, religious laws and stipulations that allow us because they they protect religious ceremonies, right? So it, it helps benefit us because we are actually a ministry and a church. Um, so that way, what it is that we're doing, which is how like ayahuasca is able to be served in Kentucky and in Florida. So because it is a sacrament of our church, um, like I said those religious laws and stipulations actually kind of benefit us in this case in the South. That is so awesome. And I yeah. love that you are doing this. You actually have got this rolling mm. and, and it's happening now. It is. So you've you've had some successful retreats. I would love to hear about them. Oh my gosh, yes. Thank you. Um I was gonna and I was gonna say ultimately I'm excited to see you at one, brother. Um I will so be. Yeah, no, you will be. I can't wait. I was like, well, you know, me and my partner were talking. He's like, do you have any friends that like, you know, think that, you know, wouldn't mind sharing their experience after they do? That? And I was like, brother, do I do I um, <laughs> especially just after our last experience too, and talking about like you dabbling in it and, you know, kind of starting your own path with different psychedelic medicines. So, um, yeah, these retreats have been just life changing even for me to just be a part of, let alone um, serving because the amount of transformation I'm able to witness in a four day period of time is just like unrivaled. Like, so like I said, I am a psychedelic integration coach and I do, I love coaching, but what you're going to get into and not just like human nature is just any, like, you know, how people see therapists once or twice and then they ghost, right. Or like, you know, and I'm, I'm good at what I do too. So people with coaching will like meet with me for like two or three sessions feel better. And they're like, all right, later, you know, and I don't ever get to see the change kind of going on behind the scenes for them. So in this four day period of time, we take you really through like a, a birth, life, death transformation um, that consists of, we do two medicine ceremonies and the medicine that we work with is called Bufo. So 
If you're not familiar with Bufo, it is 5-MAO DMT. It's essentially... It's a it's a DMT on steroids. It's the MAO aspect of it helps it to be more easily synthesized within your brain. So when people talk about using DMT and they talk about like not being able to break through, um, it is really difficult with Bufo to hold back from the medicine to like fight it. You know what I mean? Um, it, can it be done for sure? There are some people whose like protection mechanisms are so strong. They have a harder time surrendering, but we've got some other tools that we use to be able to like compensate for that. So with Bufo, it really is um, very similar to DMT in the sense that it's about a 20 minute experience, which a makes it really ideal for somebody who's like new to this world, as well as like experience like psychonauts. Right. So it's about a 20 minute experience, which means you're not battling your shadow for eight hours and have this entire trip that you have to navigate. A lot of the navigating is really done for you, like by the spirit and, and by the medicine. So um, it's ingested by smoking. And again, it's about 20 minutes. Usually people like take their hit and lay back and you're kind of just like off to wherever your spirit guides want to show you. Um, so something that makes it us, you know, unique is I have developed a way. So we include guided emotional release breathwork journeys before the medicine. Oh. So, yeah. So this what this does is it's like you meeting the medicine halfway. It's like you putting in some work to like meet this spirit and not just expecting to get, get, get. You're like, you know, like I will meet you halfway and I'm going to release all of this trapped energy and emotions inside of me so the medicine doesn't have to do that work for you you know what i mean so so this has allowed people to have a lot more just gentle beautiful trips and experiences um because like okay. i said if you're holding all of this stuff right the medicine has to first do its work clearing all that shit out and then it's like you get to the good stuff so um so we do Let's see, two medicine ceremonies and then three guided breathwork journeys. The first one is usually personal. I create like a whole visualization and dialogue for you around specific wounds you have. The second day we do inner child um, and like healing the mother father wound. And the third day is more like merging with your higher self empowerment breath. And you would be blown the frick away about the spaces you are able to enter and what you're able to do just by using your breath. It really is. It's wild. I have a lot of people that say that the breath work was almost more intense than the DMT. That is so awesome. So yeah. that, uh, that kind of answers a question, but not directly uh -huh. because I'm curious, do you guys get people that come to these uh, going into it with the wrong intent, right? They just want to get fucked up and and have a good time. Uh, how do you weed out those people and know that they're going into this with the right intent? Because I think the intention going into these kind of things is going to be the the game breaker. That that is the game changer. Yep, a million percent. It really is, and that's like such a true question because. Mm, I'm very picky in that case. So we do a screening for everybody, right? It's not just like, here, go to the website, buy your spot, right? Like, so we do a screening with everybody where um, I'm going to meet with them and get some history and background because I also am very particular about the dynamic 
of the group, right? So I like to pick people where it's like, we're all going to kind of bring something to the table and, um, and have different things where we can learn from one another with. And I definitely make it very apparent in the screenings. I can, I can tell, like, I, you know what I mean? Based on what people they're telling me about their experience with these things. And just, um, it's pretty easy for me to be able to tell right away if this is somebody who's just like, I just really want to try this drug. Um, and especially when I explain to them the emotional component of what we do, that this is really about like, you know, digging in and being vulnerable and, um, you know, being able to like kind of form those close connections and, and just like dig into your own like emotional world and just be out of your comfort zone. That tends to scare people away as well that think that they're just going to come someplace and, and do a drug. I will also say, you know, as much as I, I don't really, I'm not a fan of how we're taught law of attraction but law of attraction brother i i attract the best people and i think that's just like just well, you, you're on my show so obviously right exactly <laughs> see exactly right here is clear as day you know so i do i'm really fortunate that the people who are attracted to my content and information thus far it hasn't been difficult for me to have to like turn really anybody away. There's definitely some people that I I've met with that. I was like, you're not ready yet. Like keep doing the work, you know what I mean? And I, and I'm sure that they'll get there, but so far I I've just, it's been like just game changing the people that have been able to come together. That is so amazing. Mm. So um, for the new uh, listeners and viewers, I know we discussed this before, but this might be like a good pretense or just an introduction of why you do what you do. So um, how did you how did you overcome your heroin addiction? Fabulous question. Thank you for that. Yeah. Especially for people that don't know me. So um, I was. Wildly addicted to opiates from ages 18 to 25. But that, and you know, as we discussed in the last podcast, like that was just the tip of the iceberg, right? That was just like a manifestation of much deeper things going on. Um, and, and I was born very self-aware. I always say too, like, I don't remember waking up. It was more like I finally had words to describe what I've been experiencing my whole life. And so, oh my gosh, that is, uh, you know what? Yeah, that that is that is the best way to absolutely describe that, because I feel the same way because I the one of my favorite questions that I ask people is what was your oh shit moment Yeah, Mm -hmm. when you were like nothing is what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And and I think back on mine and I and I have like two specific ones where Mm -hmm. I was like that changed everything and that changed everything. But also I've always been awake. And the fact that you just said, I finally was able to have words to put it. it, Oh my God, you just crushed it right there. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad that you, and of course you can relate, like I said, obviously like brother from another mother, but so then you can also relate to how fucking terrifying, confusing, isolating that was my whole life. You know what I mean? Cause like you said, talk about those oh shit moments. I'd say my biggest ones were when I was little going like, what the fuck is this like I wasn't sure if I didn't exist like and I remember like at five years old having these like existential crises like do I not exist do they not exist do I exist on the opposite side of a mirror like what is going on you know what I mean and then you begin to try to 
hide that you you dumb yourself down you you know so the, in this process of trying to just ignore that and bury that and not to mention you know the the being so my nervous system is so oversensitive. So like the mood shifts that I didn't recognize really as like energy shifts, just all of this stuff that I had no words to put to. I of course thought I was completely alone. And that was like my biggest saying was like, you don't understand. And that was like to everybody, you know, it was like, cause people of course try to help or they send me to therapy and they'd be talking to me and I'm like more aware than this person is. I'm like, this is so, you know, you feel screwed. <laughs> you feel screwed. Cause I go, to these like rehabs and I would like lay it all out there and be like, okay, da, 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 like this is all what's going on. How do I feel it? Like I knew I needed to be able to feel these things to release them, but nobody could tell me how to do that. And so again, then like you just get more and more hopeless. Like this is it. So, so you my- went through these rehabs yep, yep. Uh, and, and I totally get it. Cause I, I did, I didn't do rehabs, but you know, I did the programs and stuff yeah, yeah. and I'm yep. like, every single person in this room is a fucking NPC. Yep. Why am I going to listen to anybody in here? A million percent. Yeah. A so, million percent. So you took a, a huge step and yep. went out to, I believe it was Mexico, Mexico. right? Yeah. Yeah. That was my last option. My, my parents approached me surprisingly enough and were like, what do you think about this psychedelic treatment in Mexico? And I had heard of it, wanted to do it for a few years, but, um, you know, didn't know how to ask for that. And at that point, I didn't even want it. Like at that point, I literally went to go do this medicine. So that way, when I died of an overdose or whatever it was, I could tell my family or my family knew that you tried every option, you know? So, yeah. So I went to Mexico when I was 25 years old, um, on 11, 11. And, uh, And I had this really powerful psychedelic experience that at the time I knew shifted me in ways I I couldn't comprehend or understand. And at the time, I didn't know anybody who had done this. There was no therapist that could help me. And so um, so I stumbled and fell a lot in the beginning, Um, not necessarily with drugs, but like just I mean, I did. I tried to get high two more times just trying to fit a square peg into a round hole but both times we're like this is this isn't gonna work like I, I don't like this anymore I don't feel high or good like so it was enough for me to be like like really accept like okay my life is different and I gotta figure that out somehow um and so I decided to learn as many tools and techniques as I could so that I could be for other people who I needed after my experience so that's what I do essentially so the Ibogaine do you think that 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 the Ibogaine is what changed you or was the Ibogaine the key that unlocked what you needed to know? Totally the key that unlocked the gate. So I I will say like physiologically, the the incredible thing about Iboga, like uh, the Iboga plant in general, is its incredible physical healing capabilities, um, especially in comparison to like, you know, just some other psychedelics where it's so much more about healing your physical body even sometimes than the the psychedelic experience itself. So Iboga has a profound ability to really heal our nervous system because it's unlocking all of these stored energies and traumas in our nervous system. But it also cleans off your dopamine and serotonin receptors. So you really get like a full nervous system and brain like reset, right? But that doesn't mean that there aren't, especially um, muscle memory, right? You've got muscle memory, you're still fighting 
against. And that is like the tricky thing. And that is what is difficult coming back home is like you have this reset, you have the shift in consciousness, you know, things are different, but you've acted one way. For, you know, for me, for the last 25 years, I was a convict. I was a junkie. Like, you know, I was out on the streets. Who do I be? Like, what do you mean? What, like, my body had never taken steps like that. And so that's where in the beginning, there is, it is, there's a lot of work. And of course, at that point, I had a choice. I could have, of course, easily not done that. Again, it wouldn't have been the same as it was. I couldn't not know what I knew now. But really, it is just like a key that opens a gateway inside of you and you can't run from yourself anymore, which is uncomfortable if you're used to running from yourself. And so that's where you got to take those steps afterwards to be who you want to be. Man, I'm still running from myself, to be honest with you. It's it's hard. Like I keep going yeah. back to drinking and uh, even recently, I, I had a huge drinking binge just recently because mm. I was, I, I went sober for, I mean, almost a year and then shit just got heavy. And I was like, you know what? I see the guardrail. I'm just going to go ahead and Put, put my foot on the gas and see what happens. Yep. Skirt. <laughs> so, um, but I, so when you go through this process, I mean, obviously you're meeting the most incredible people. So that's got to help as well. Yeah. Um, so what about other addictions? Like, do you still smoke cigarettes? Do you still drink? Do you like those kind of things? Yeah, or Great it, question. Um, I firmly believe in balance and this has been a, this has been a trickier one for me. So, because um, there was a lot of coming to terms and self-acceptance I had to do in terms of that. So because I do I do still smoke cigarettes. I don't drink. Um, not that I didn't or have. And I don't like to say don't. Right. Like I just I th that's a, a slippery slope for me. When I say I don't do something, suddenly I want it. Right. When I say I can't do something, then I, I want it. So I I choose mostly not to drink. Um uh, again, you know, at the time and setting was right, you know, maybe I would and it would probably be maybe, maybe one or two. Right. Um, when I do other medicines, such as like mushrooms, um, I do really amazing ketamine ceremonies. Well, I call them earth and sky ceremonies. So it's like ketamine and cannabis combined. Or even if I smoke cannabis, everything for me now is a, a microdose level unless I act like I'm intentionally going into a sacred deeper space i think the last time i had like a like a trip if you will was probably like three years ago um for the most part now because i've come to understand like you said all of these things as a key right i so my goal isn't and i don't need to get off of my face i don't even need to go that deeply into myself right like i can go into you know deeply inside of myself through meditation and breath work too right so um so now it's more like to enhance my experience or you know for sure creatively like you know i'll microdose like every other day um and it just helps like get the creative juices flowing and um like i said i do some really amazing cannabis and ketamine ceremonies that I combine with breath work, which are nice because it was about 45 minutes in experience. Um, but to me, all I need is a little dose of something because my goal isn't to go anywhere else. It's just to like be more in my experience or to like work with this different spirit and just get different information from it. I do still, like I said, I like to smoke cigarettes and I know if people always are like, that's so, like you do so much breath work. And I was like, balance baby like I, I, just, 
I I came out of the womb wanting to smoke cigarettes. Weird as fuck. Like my Barbies, I was like two years old. I'd like roll up paper and like have their like <laughs> arm. Right. Like, so it's just one of those things that like I always enjoyed. And what I all I can really do with anything that I feel like I'm wrestling with it if it is running from myself right like so with smoking for instance i just try to add mindfulness to it like just by being curious about whatever it is i'm called to do and bringing mindfulness to it helps to switch the nature of the relationship to it right i'm at a point with cigarettes where like if I don't have any, or if I'm at a, like, if I go to a retreat where I can't smoke, it's like, okay, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so it doesn't control my attitude. It doesn't control my anxiety or my, it's, but I do, I enjoy it. Right. So, um, you know, and I also, of course, because I can't trust mainstream anything, I don't know for sure that what they're telling me about cigarettes is, is I just like, Hmm, something feels fishy about that for me. Um, well, you know, what's crazy is, is a lot of people will smoke their entire lives yep. and be completely healthy. And then the minute that they quit smoking is when they end up having health issues. Um, yep. Yep. I've seen that so many times. And I will say so, especially the more I've learned about native culture. Right. So in tribal traditions, tobacco is a, a medicine. This is like one of the oldest medicine ceremonies and tradition um, in existence used throughout many, 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 many cultures. Hey, hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Conspiracy junkies, I am not telling all of you guys to go smoke cigarettes. Please just listen to this. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yes, a million percent. I'm not saying that they're healthy for you. I'm just saying what I what I do find interesting is that in indigenous cultures, tobacco is actually used to ward off evil spirits. That's what that spirit is for, right? So I so I think that there is really something interesting with the correlation to people who are neurodivergent, um, just empathic, sensitive souls who could be maybe super healthy otherwise, but still have, a, you know, a fondness for tobacco. And I think oh that gosh, that's it. so crazy, Amanda, because I think now and, and I'm like thinking of all the people that I can think of off of the top of my head that are in my life that are empaths mm -hmm. and every single one of them smoke cigarettes. Right. Right. There's it, a connection there. That is, that is crazy. So um, obviously you are an empath and yes. you, you get it because people's energy um, you, you help people, but mm. when you help people, it also drains you. Yep. And a lot of people don't understand the draining that happens to us. Mm. Um, and you said that uh, you like to microdose and that is great, but not everybody can get their hands on this kind of stuff. Yeah. You've been mentioning breath work. Can you please tell me about breath work so that, these people that are listening to this that can't get their hands on this shit, maybe they can start with this. Yes. Thank you so much for this question because I would scream this at the top of my lungs if I could. Um, so you guys, first of all, I, you know, and I'm sure, you know, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, right? So DMT is released in our pineal gland, um, right? But not just that, it is also produced in our lungs and they're finding it in other parts of our body. The tricky thing about DMT is it's very difficult to study in a living human being. That's a very invasive process, you know? But what they're starting to realize too is not only is DMT not localized to the pineal gland and made in other parts of our body, but they're they're starting to see that it's it's actually more responsible for many more functions in our body than we initially thought, right? Aside from just 
the dreaming component, right? So it's it's what's released when we dream or near-death experiences, that kind of stuff. But because it primarily works with our perception and right, we're starting to learn that it's our perception that changes and colors and creates our reality, right? Like how we're going to perceive a situation is going to change how we emotionally respond to it, how we, how it feels, you know, how we perceive our health, how, you know, like that mind over matter component, right? So your perception is everything and, and, and really is so physiologically connected to the rest of your body and the function of your body that, um, yeah, it's incredible. And so when we do, and there's so many different breathwork techniques and styles. Um, so personally, I've started doing personalized breathwork journeying for people, which is a really simple, just conscious connected breath, which is, it's just breathing through your mouth. So, right. That's, it's the simplest breath. I've got some that are a little bit more intricate, um, but I like to keep it simple so that people can just not have to think about it. Um, so conscious connected breath, really you're hyperventilating and over oxygenating. And essentially what you do with this hyperventilation and this over oxygenation is a few things. A, you start to release DMT all over your body. But when you put your body and because people say all the time, I don't like breath work because it gives me anxiety. You got to push through it like it's meant to at first. Right. Like because when you usually hyperventilate, right, like when you're panicking, you know what I mean? So you are consciously choosing as as the driver in the, of your vehicle, of your human body to put your body in a heightened sense of stress and awareness so that you can push through it and guide it through it. And about a minute or two into it, when it's just taking over an automatic, like insane things. I mean, not just from like the release of DMT where you start to see colors, you can go back into repressed memories, but the physiological response that your body has, um, I mean, some for a very common thing is what we call lobster claw, right? Where suddenly your hands start to go like this. Mine will do like some crazy like finger. I don't even know, man. So your <laughs> hands start to go like this. I call it like the full on mummy where your like hands start to curl in on itself. And you do, you look like a mummy. Um, you know, sometimes your hips will just start moving. Some people like fully arch the back, like they're exercising something. Um, and so when it starts to kick into just like this automated space, what happens is you are calling all of this light, all of this energy, you're moving all of this stuff around in your body. And this is like the only way for us to release all of this stored shit in our nervous system, you know, because we can do so much work consciously. I mean, I, I, everybody that I've talked to on this path or worked with as a coach is always like, I, I feel like I do so much work and I feel like I, I got past it. Why is this still coming up? And that's because we didn't release it from our body, right? Like we may have come to terms with it in our mind, but it's still stored in our cells. And that's what breath work can help you do. Um, you know, oh, I posted a DMT release breathwork for anybody who's interested in a short. This one's so simple. Um, yeah. So you can head to my TikTok or Instagram. Um, it'll just say DMT breath. That one is super simple. But I 10 out of 10, if this is something that's piquing your interest, I recommend doing a, a breathwork journey. Like I said, you are going to be mind blown 
at what you are able to do with breathing alone. Like now when people say you have everything you need, it doesn't piss me off because I used to be like, what are you talking about? I have everything I need. Right. Like, and now that I've experienced that, I'm like, Oh shit, you're right. Like I literally have everything I need. Shit. Okay. I'm going to download this. Mm -hmm. What is it called? I'm on your Instagram right now. Yep. So it should be the, okay, let me see Instagram. Let me go down. Okay. let, Let me find it. Okay. So it is, what one is that? Sorry. I've got the, okay, wait, 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 let's go. It is. Okay. I'm wearing a a red shirt. (laughs) Let me see. I think I can send it to you probably. Where did they remove it? They might've removed it. You know what? They do that sometimes too. I have posts that I'm like, wait, like I would, I, that was, catching fire and all of a sudden it's gone yeah here i'll send you this one because i so i think they deleted the original this is one that i did a full walkthrough with people so that's probably even better anyways um so let me do yeah this one i'm wearing like a white crop head and it says dmt breathwork release at the bottom of it okay hang on let me see if i can just see i'll just download it and then i'll play it right here on the screen yeah perfect uh, you're wearing a white can, shirt. Yeah, I can, I can probably actually show you guys how to do it real quick too. Cause it really is that simple. Oh, you just sent me something. Okay. Yep, I it. Just sent it to you. But yeah, I said, I can do a walkthrough on here as well. I just, yeah, I, it, while I'm downloading this, do you want to go ahead and do okay. Yep. Let's do that. Okay. So here's the first thing guys take me very seriously when I tell you that You need to be in a space where you are not going to bump your head on something. Ideally, you will do this out in the grass in an open area. If you cannot do it outside in the grass, then wherever you are, either like make sure you're on a bigger bed. So because I don't usually feel like I'm going to pass out when I do breath work and um, I haven't yet, but some people have. Right. So um, so just definitely like keep that in mind. Now, all you're going to do for this one is. You go on your knees, so it's like you're sitting on the top of your feet. So you go on your knees. Okay. Now what you need to do for this one is there's four total breaths. For the first three, we breathe in through our mouth. So it's, so coming up. So you wanna go facing down to your knees, pulling yourself up. And with that breath, you wanna over bring in as much oxygen as you can. So again, we're going to start facing down, bent towards our knees, (gasps) breathe all the way in, and then we go and we blow it out, going back down to our knees. So So you do that three times. On the fourth one, when you come back up, when you go... You want to sit up on your knees so you're no longer sitting on your feet. You're up fully on your knees. So we go up on our knees and then we hold our breath up at the top. And again, you can push yourself for a bigger DMT release. But if you are starting to feel like you're going to pass out, you can let let yourself down. But you're going to hold your breath up at the top. So when you're up here, then you pound on your heart two times. One, two, this releases stuck energy and emotions in your heart. One, two, and then you go down. So I'll do this all the way through real quick. Okay, so three breaths. Two, 
And then up, hold, pound on your chest, one, two. And that's all you gotta do. That one is super, super simple. Um, so that actually comes from ancient mystic Judaism. Um, so traditionally that would be done in a truth circle setting. So where everybody does that, clears that stuck energy from their heart, and then they share it, it, it's like if, if you want to share, it has to be something that's on your heart. There's no like pressure to share, but especially like before they'd have like initiations or different like, you know, council meetings. They would do that to like clear the energy and speak from their heart. I got OK. That is awesome. I can't believe you've actually just did that yeah. <laughs> while we were while we were doing this. So I actually had to take this video and run it through uh, Adobe Premiere because it yeah. saved it as a .mov and I cannot upload a .mov. However, I was going to say, I'll send it to you too. Cause I can send you like the snap tick one or whatever. I don't know. Like I said, however, yeah. while you were doing that, mm -hmm. uh, it was, it's, it's uploading right now. So I'm about to play it for everybody. And that, I'm so curious. I've never tried this, but I did watch one of the videos where you were just, you went outside and you just yelled. Yes. Like, <laughs> that is what's up because sometimes you just need to get it out. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, it's, it's pro. Oh, here we go. All right. Whoop. Here we go. Okay, we're gonna do the DMT release breathwork together from start to finish. Again, anybody who is attempting this, please make your space clear. Uh, I prefer to do it outside in the grass, but we just had a blizzard here in Wisconsin. Okay, so I figured I'd tie my hair up for this one. So I'm gonna do it from the side perspective. We're gonna do it all the way through together. Okay, so again, we're gonna wanna breathe in when we come up. So it goes like this. <gasps> So three rounds of that sitting on your knees, okay? So try to get as much oxygen in as you can. On the fourth set, what we're gonna do is come up on our knees, push our belly out, chins to the sky, open our mouth. So let's do it all together. want to stay down here for a little while just kind of marinate in it feeling anything that you're feeling so I typically do you can do as many rounds of that as you want um, so I typically do four traditionally it is um, it comes from mystic Judaism I how I however learned it from a one woman named Biet Simkin so in the ancient mystic Judaism tradition what they would do after doing four rounds is sit in a truth circle. So you can do this whether, like if you have an, a partner, it's a great way to connect. Um, but even with a group of friends who like to do the same kind of things you do. So you do the four rounds, opening up your heart chakra, connecting it to your third eye, and then you sit and you share whatever truth is on your heart in that moment, but it has to be your truth. So right. when you do these videos, mm -hmm. you're actually doing it. So yeah. how are you able to explain what's going on when you're actually going through this uh, experience? Totally doing it enough times, brother. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. What's you do like build a tolerance for it, which just like uh, like enables you to go deeper. Like the first few times, especially doing that one, I wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to because you get like whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what I mean? Um. But even like, I mean, oh my gosh, like the first breathwork journeys that I did, not leading them, but did them, I said my body was completely out of control, just doing its own thing. But now on ceremony days, right, I'm doing breathwork all day with people because I breathe with you so you can keep the rhythm. Um, So I'm doing breathwork all day, sitting up to not even laying down, um, and I'm able to kind of maintain control i definitely still get a lot of feelings like it's definitely it's, it's still very intense it, um, like it was intense especially when you were banging on your chest right then yeah, i was yeah. like how is she gonna talk right now but yep. you sure as shit did yep yep and i had done it just because the first one in the morning too is more intense um i did it a few times before i did the video just to make sure i didn't pass out on camera or like you know what i mean and because it's like it's, like, it's one of those things like the, the first one you do is gonna be more intense especially with this one it gets like less intense after you do like the four rounds. So I did a few going into that so that I like knew we were going to be good. <laughs> so you mentioned that it's good to have uh, uh, a somebody there with you or a partner or, oh. or whatnot. Um, what about people that don't have a significant other? Is this a safe thing to do for them by themselves? As long as they are doing it, like I said, outside in the grass or like it's really just about having a clear space because um the people that i have talked to and spoke with or worked with that have kind of passed out for a second i mean every time we're like dude i felt like i woke up like on a different timeline or like i woke up reset you know what i mean but so it's really just a matter of like protecting your head you know especially because you're you're kneeling so if you're to fall over you know as long as there's not something you're gonna bump your head on it's, it's definitely safe it's just and but of course like i said i gave i gave the warning i was like listen clear right. your space and people are like nah this isn't gonna work like <laughs> oh but it does it does and, and another thing that i i find very interesting is you know I, as long as i can remember people are like breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your mouth mm-hmm. however when you're doing these techniques your mouth breathing Yes, yes. Is that interesting in this kind of particular situation, like on a day to day basis, and especially when it comes to sleeping, um, breathing through your nose is optimal and ideal. Um, But breathing in these hypervented, like hyperventilation situations, I, you know, I think a lot of that, well, there's a few things. So I feel like a it's your ability your your the capacity expands especially like when we're doing a journey it's like where you're like suck you're like really like drawing it in right not to mention i have done breath work exercises or do where i breathe through my nose and stuff it starts to hurt because of just like the and like that the, the just you're the trying to take in too much oxygen yeah, through something that's not able to take in that much oxygen exactly yeah it starts to like hurt the inside of your nose so to breathe like that for you know 35 45 minutes would be too uncomfortable and you know in a different way so um now this is this is just a step that you can do if you can't get your hands on um you know things that are illegal in most of the states here in 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 the united states but um, doing this breath work, how is that helping with people that are going through addictions now? Do they need to go through that full on ceremony or can they start with this breath work 
uh, as something? Perfect question. So I will definitely say as somebody who is obviously also a fan of psychedelics and those were a huge catalyst in in my um, recovery and um, breath work, if I had to pick one or the other, I would say breath work is more fundamental. And this is why. So Ram Das said it absolutely the best, right? Psychedelic medicine is like convening with God for a few hours, right? Breath work is like merging with and becoming one with that God. So they definitely go hand in hand, right? In an ideal world, you have access and, and practice both. But where I see a lot of people in the psychedelic community go wrong, if you will, is having these psychedelic experiences. And don't get me wrong, I was guilty of it once upon a time too. It was like, oh, I'm fixed now, right? Like I'm good, you know? But I had this expansion in my conscious awareness, but I wasn't, my body wasn't doing anything differently necessarily about it, right? So, so I see a lot of people who are very dependent, even though they might not use psychedelics daily, it's like they'll find themselves in crisis and go, I need to go sit with ayahuasca. You know what I mean? Or like, I need to go do the thing, um, which is great. And, you know, and they have breakthroughs and they have insights. But then shortly, a few weeks later, they find themselves in crises again because they're not integrating these experiences. And so um, especially if you have a psychedelic experience and use breathwork afterwards, you're really able to see how similarly they feel. You know, I'm not going to say my DMT breathwork release feels exactly like doing DMT. It's like coming off of the DMT, right? Not the initial blast off point where you're like, whoa, but it, it feels like when you're coming back to your body. So you can really like, holy crap, this really is like releasing DMT, right? But ideally, like I said, the two go hand in hand. And that's why a lot with my medicine ceremonies, the, the breath work is built in. We're going to do breath work at some point because then you are integrating this medicine in real time. You are calling that energy down into your body instead of just keep, keeping it up here in like the astrals. I, I think that is amazing. And uh, this question might throw you off. Okay. But I think it's very important. So I'm a Christian mm -hmm. and a lot of Christians as judgmental as they are yeah. will look at you and the things that you do and be like, oh, that's that earthy woo woo bull crap. Right. So, yeah. And uh, are you a Christian and can you still uh, partake in these things and be Christian? Yes. Fabulous question. Thank you for that one. So I call myself a disciple of the man we know as Jesus the Christ, right? So um, I once upon a time did consider myself to be a Christian. My path was via Christianity. However, um, I always really struggled with the Christian church, with, you know, um, yeah, with yeah. the rules and the dogma and all of that. So I always had like my own relationship with Jesus, but always had a very strong and personal connection with Jesus. So, and I really um, had that relationship expanded upon when I turned 21 in a jail and I hit my knees and like called out to Jesus. And it was like a legit, like Jesus take the wheel kind of moment. And suddenly this golden warm light came and like wrapped me up and just like held me. And it was the first time I like felt loved like truly loved you know not just like oh i'm your parent like but truly loved and although it, i did not stay clean yet that was when i 
started to try, right? Like that, that like was a very pivotal moment and me actually not actively trying to, to die, right? Where I was like, no, I really want to be here. I just didn't know the way yet. So Jesus, um, to me very much so led me to all of the practices and the things that I do now, you know, I personally believe that Jesus did the things that I speak of, right? I believe mana uh, it, from heaven is mushrooms. And there's lots of different depictions we could go to in the Bible that like really clearly describe a, a truffle mushroom and um, and how they put the mana from heaven into the water to make it wine. And um, so, you know, I think that all of this stuff is just like really disguised um, in the Bible. And then, you know, I believe that we are naturally and innately God-given born with a, des a desire to want to explore our consciousness, right? And a lot of times as kids, the funny thing is we start doing that with breath, which ultimately comes full circle again as adults to doing it with breath, right? But you remember playing those like pass out games and those oh, like, yeah. right? The different hyper, like, so that, and that is just like, we don't even like, I mean, we might learn it from friends, but a lot of times we just learn that on our own. It's this innate desire to want to explore our consciousness. And because that, along with things like our sexuality, gets demonized and twisted and made to be something sinful, right? Then it takes on all of these perversions. And that's where you see things like addiction. And so I feel like when we give ourselves permission to... Um, responsibly explore this desire to want to expand our consciousness rather than as a way to run from ourselves, but as a way to grow and get to know ourselves better. Um, you know, then we're just able to have a deeper relationship with ourselves, like even in sobriety and especially to mm -hmm. Jesus and whatever spiritual brand, you know, you subscribe to. I'm definitely an omnius. Like I've taken practices from every different religion. I've loved learning about every different kind of theology. I think there's truth to be found in all of them. Again, Jesus is by far my greatest teacher, but you know, I like the Buddha too. I like, you know, a bunch of different gods and like Hinduism. And so, and, and I'm, I would say I'm, I'm very, I lean very Taoist as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's all about making it be whatever it is for you. I think that is fucking awesome. And, and I love the way that you said, you know, you've always been like Christ was the first one there for you that showed you love, mm -hmm. but fuck the church, yes, fuck the church. That, yep. that is exactly how I feel. And the more that I read, uh, cause I do read the Bible and I've, and I've started okay. reading it a lot more lately um, because I think that there's a lot of good things to take out of it. And mm. uh, it's, it's been there for a long time for a reason, but I'm not convinced that Jesus Christ is, who we are told he was, I think he was just a human yeah. who was able to achieve Christ consciousness. Amen, he said, you can do this too. Yes. That's his biggest teaching. Like that's what's so silly to me is these people worship somebody who wanted no worship. Like his whole thing was you can do this too, right? I always say Jesus was not crucified for claiming to be the son of God. There has been, and there always will be many false prophets who claim to be the son of God. He was killed for teaching other people that they were too. He was killed for helping other people achieve what he achieved and that they just couldn't have, right? But I, I wholeheartedly 
completely agree. I think you'd really like this. I, it's like a documentary, I guess. It's like 45 minutes on YouTube called The Hidden Teachings of Jesus Christ. And they break down all the parables and metaphors in the Bible um, that really resonated with me and helped me um, kind of just like really commit to understanding breath work and meditation. Right. It was like something I knew would be good for me, but I needed that like solid like reason to actually pursue it and everything and that just clicked in me like knowing the bible too was like yep 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 and and, and then it was just able to like become natural was like oh this is what i do now <laughs> that is so awesome yeah i think you like it that, uh, i'm gonna check that out i just wrote it down um so you, you said you like the teachings of buddha i do too uh so there's many many teachings and everything but this is this is why i love you so much is because you you just want to know yeah. what this is and i'm curious like because that's all that's why i have the show white rabbit is because i don't know a fucking thing but i want to yeah right i love that and and so i'm curious like now uh because I, I did I originally asked you, I said, you know, like people will say like, oh, this new age uh, spiritual garbage and, mm -hmm. and and blah, blah, blah. But you can do these things and still have Christian values. Uh, a million percent. And, and a lot of Christians will be like, no, that's woo woo. You can't go there. You can't do that stuff. Yeah. So and psychedelics in in specific you know i'm pretty sure i can i can talk some christians into doing breath work totally but to uh to go do like ayahuasca or ibogaine or dmt or something yeah uh what what like what do you say to those people because damn it i'm pretty sure that the burning bush was a result of that red mushroom that has white dots on it. Amanita, yep, uh, yep, a million percent. So the, between the burning bush, the mana from heaven, like I said, which is mentioned several times, and if you go back to a bunch of different texts, they like, first of all, it showed up after the rain came. I mean, like the um, the, the ways that they describe this mana from heaven, it's like very clearly mushrooms, you know what I mean? Um, And not to mention, so it's like, because I am not a new ager by any means. And I know that this stuff can sound very new agey because, again, I've adopted stuff from all of the different things. Right. You know, you know, like with the new age, it's like, do I believe that there's a new age? Totally. Right. But like, how many times does that happen? There's like a golden age, the renaissance like that. That happens all the time. Right. And we all can agree that after 2020, we have shifted in a way that we're not going back from. Right. So like a new age has begun what, you know, do I ever think that it's going to end at this like utopian, everything is bliss and perfect? No. And I don't want that because it's having the contrast and the ups and downs as painful as they are that allows you to even experience what bliss feels like. Right. So when I work with Christians, because I know the Bible well enough to be able to help kind of guide them through this. And there are, of course, the uh dogmatic church going christians who just use their spirituality as a badge to begin with that aren't really going to budge but people that are like you and me that already kind of have that leeway you know again jesus uh healed people by laying hands that's what reiki is right like um especially if you uh like break down the just the different metaphors um in the bible and and, and also right like 
Jesus walked with the Jews and the Gentiles and the sick and the lame. You know what I mean? So, you know, I always kind of bring it back to them. Like, well, are you loving yourself or the world the way that Jesus actually wanted you to love? Or are you, you know, separating yourself from the world based on what your church and the government especially has to say to you, you know, about this stuff. Um, and especially yeah. talking about my own experience working with Jesus, with these medicines, people that love Jesus want to meet Jesus. You know what I mean? And so if I'm like, yeah, I like literally sat and he showed me all of my lives or whatever the thing is, they're like, I want that. Like, I want Jesus to talk to me. Right. Um, dang it. I, I was going to ask you about sexuality, but uh, you were already going, you were already going, I, I kind of want to stay on, on Jesus here for a second. Mm -hmm, yep. Um, actually, no, let's go into sexuality because uh, you said uh, sexuality plays a big part in this. And I, I would like to know why. Yeah. Okay. So, so man, this is a big one. Okay. So our sexuality, obviously, as we know, innate, natural, human desire right if there is one of the if there's the biggest way we have been manipulated to shame ourselves to like loathe ourselves to misuse give away and abuse our energy it is through sexuality so by perverting this and making it be something that is taboo a again what did we talk about with i can't have it or i don't drink right that's all you want you know, so just that's just human nature in general. You draw a line in the sand. We are built to want to try to like cross that boundary, you know. So, A, by making it be something taboo, by associating it with love, like, right, what do they say? You know, when a man and a woman love each other, they go to make a baby. Or, you know what I mean? So we have been led to believe that sex is love, which it is. It's not. It's actually the lowest form of intimacy unless you are practicing something that is called white Tantra that is more advanced. So black Tantra, um, as I'm sure like a lot of people have heard of the Kama Sutra, there's white Tantra and black Tantra. Black I, don't, I don't know what either either one of these are. No, I don't. I, I'm okay. big into I'm big into sex magic. Not yes. big into sex magic like I perform sex magic. Yeah. But I I I read about it. I know about it. I, and I'm very I'm very aware of its capabilities because it is yes. a very real thing. Yes, a million percent. Right, goes all the way back to you know ancient Egypt. So, the tantra is essentially. Um, learning how to be physically, emotionally, mentally like intimate, like true intimacy. So the goal of Tantra, black or white, is not to orgasm, right? Like if you come to orgasm, which in black Tantra is the only one that you orgasm in, white Tantra you do not, um, then like, you know, great, but that's not the goal. And so the thing about this kind of sex magic and practice, um, because it's incredibly like mystically healing, you can have experiences where they're full body, like full out of body experiences where you're like almost like watching your body and you and your partner moving and it, like, I don't even know how to, it's like, you're, it's just like <laughs> happening where you're like, I'm not even fucking trying. Um, you know, your orgasms don't stay localized, right? Then it's so the, so this is essentially practices of expanding the energy that is created between two people when they are making love. Right. So rather than like going into it and like, you know, banging that shit out until you get this like little, like, you know, a little right. porn, you know, hub, porn, porn hub, porn hub, 
You're right. <laughs> yep. So instead of like, so it's it's about really learning how to con- kind of like control your human urges and desires. It's like rewiring that animal brain that is just like about, you know, procreating, right? So when you can bring consciousness and mindfulness to it and you work with that energy that's being created, especially between the two of you and with your breath, move that energy from your lower chakras up into your higher chakras and you do something that's called onking where you move that energy up and then out through your crown and you wrap it back around into your heart so by you then you learn how to a just have you know it 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 helps with obviously like willpower but like having control and the mastering of your own energy then you're able to use this energy which like think about it dude Sex is the only thing, I mean, besides stuff in the labs, I'm sure, but that can actually create another human life, you know? And not that I would consider a clone to really be human life anyways, but sex is the only act powerful enough in existence to create life, and we treat it like it is just a Friday night. It's just a good time. It's just like, you know what I mean? And when you really allow yourself to wrap your mind around like this is creation energy. Like this is the the epitome of, of life force energy. And you can really allow yourself to like feel the magnitude of it and respect this act in that kind of a way. Healing happens in ways that it's really difficult to describe because it really is more like this magical, mystical, like metaphysical layer and level of reality, especially in terms of human connection being the most important of all of our basic human needs. And so many of us can be in a room with a bunch of people, but feel completely alone. Oh yeah. You know? So it's like in order to build this kind of intimacy that is necessary, the amount of walls you have to let down, the amount of, you know, aspects of yourself you need to confront is where that healing really begins. And to be in that space with somebody that you love and trust I, I like that. That's life. That's like, that is what we are here for, you know? And the thing is, is with this casual sex, these hookup days, you can't have that kind of a sex with just, and I don't mean like making, you know, making love. You can't even, you can't make love with somebody you just picked up at a bar. May you be able to have like some really good, dirty, raunchy sex? Sure. But don't get me started on the opposite of what happens to your energy field and not well, just exactly what, actually i do want to get you started on that because that is exactly why i brought this question yep. up yep. because sex is used as a, as a as a tool to numb ourselves just um, the same as drugs are right yes. yes and and i would say more insidious and more common than drugs right you know um because the thing is is while you know i was taken to some dark places on heroin those were aspects of myself that i needed to meet and in a lot of ways that served me right um and not that this isn't serving you but it is definitely way more tricky to be able to admit to to pinpoint you know it's obviously because it's such a shameful thing so what happens so even so in french um the orgasm is called i wish i could say la, la petite more but it's like like la petite more like so so which means the oh, little I think it, right i think you yeah, right, it. Right. you're right i was like that like french is a hard one for my tongue <laughs> um so anyways it means it means the little death right so essentially 
when you orgasm, um, A, you are keeping your consciousness and your energy in your animal level brain, right? Which is just, you know, eat, sleep, survival, right? So it's really hard to experience more states of like that ecstatic joy and peace when you're in your animal survival mode, right? Um, so not to mention when you are, and this is, this is definitely might be triggering for some people. Good. When you are in a relationship, what happens when y'all orgasm during sex is it releases chemicals in your brain that make you unattracted to your partner. Because what? again, yeah. So again, what it's starting to do is move you into the animal brain that is all about procreation. So chemicals are released that create a distance between you and your partner with some time that'll come back. Right. But it actually releases chemicals in your brain that makes you unattracted to your partner. So your body is like, Hey, on to the next one, right. For, for, for procreation. So this is a, another reason why people are like, I don't even know why I cheated on you. And it's like, well, yeah, like I said, look up, look up white Tanjo. We can get into that. But so it, it keeps you dull, desensitized. You are constantly, oh my God, especially I feel so bad for men. Like I, I feel for you where like other women judge you guys. Like you are the most programmed to believe that, dude, you have to like jack off every day. Like, you know, like I've heard women be like, I have sex with my man every day because if I don't, like he'll get it somewhere else. I'm like, that's so sad. <laughs> that's how we literally think about sex this like this beautiful incredible gift that was given to us and that's how we perceive it you know um so and honestly it, if people stopped and really understood how often they're not even present during sex people just dissociate this has just become an autopilot program oh my god you are so right it is incredible it was like when i first saw I mean, and it took a lot of work with my partner years because of my own sexual trauma to get to a point where I could stay in my body during sex. And obviously, like I said, because I'm in the right relationship, he was patient with me. We'd have to, and it was, it was emotional, right? Like I said, I had to face so many aspects of myself that like, again, like I said, out of protection, I would just check out. I would, you know, go through the motions, but I wasn't even there. I wasn't enjoying myself. And, you know, and it's a lot of work to reclaim that energy, which is why people don't do it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I know you probably don't promote this, but I would think that ecstasy helps with sex yes, <laughs> amazingly yes. to be present because Ooh. being present and when you're being intimate with your partner and while you're present it is fucking amazing mm -hmm. and when you when you just said that most of the time you're not present i i was thinking i was like thinking on my own personal accounts and i was like wow you're right i would say like 99 percent of the time i was just mm -hmm. going through the motions yep a million percent. Um, and that's so common. Most people don't realize that today when people say I'm horny, they're not talking about a physiological response happening in their body. They're saying I feel detached or I need validation right now. I need to feel connected to you. So and that's why most people have sex, because that is like the only intimacy that they know, because so many people you know, are only capable at this point of having like surface level relationships. And when they need validation or they need, you know, and this is why, like I said, hookup culture is huge because people are just looking for validation and they're seeking love because 
we've been programmed to believe that sex is love or sex even is intimacy. And really, every time you do that, you it's like it's like putting rocks in in your in your basket right you're just like and you're carrying other people's energetic blueprint and energy right as sex is a sacred energy exchange you are consciously choosing to agree to take on all of that person's demons and struggles and it takes seven years for the energy of somebody else to fully leave your body no matter what kind of work you do oh my gosh so if you're like if you're like a man whore or uh, (laughs) one of these girls that is in hookup culture and stuff Mm -hmm. and you're just constantly hooking up with people you are absorbing all all of this bad energy yep all of this Yep, that makes constantly. a lot of sense. Yep. I need to stop hooking up with people. Yeah, right. <laughs> At least be very choosy. You know, and I agree. I think ecstasy is an amazing tool for this, especially when you're willing to add some other tools into it. So some really simple tantric practices that I can recommend for anybody. We're going to talk about some solo ones and then um, for anybody in partnership or relationship. So So again, remember, this is all about intimacy, which means expected to be uncomfortable when you struggle with intimacy. But ecstasy, again, can really help you to get that fear out of the way so you can do the uncomfortable thing. So super simple practices are going to be eye gazing, right? So um, that that breathwork technique that I showed you beforehand, that is a great thing to do. I was just going to ask you, I was just going to ask you if you can integrate breathwork with intimacy with your partner. Oh, a million. That's my, that is my favorite thing for me and my partner to do together that actually usually puts us in the, in that mode, like that tantric mode just clicks on when we do breath work together to begin with. So especially if you guys are like sitting across from each other and you do that breath work technique or any other, so many techniques, right? You can check out Wim Hof, Breath of Fire. You do that breath work together and then you sit and you sit palm to palm and you eye gaze and just stare into each other's eyes. Again, also very trippy and psychedelic an experience. I've had it be where like all I could see was my partner and everything behind him looked like an acid trip. I get it was all just like colors running together. Um, and and we were we'd been staring at each other for probably about 20 minutes and we just kept holding that focus. And like I said, everything around my partner just went away. Or you start to see like their aura. So that can also be a scary thing too, right? Because yeah, you could be doing I mean, this and be like, holy fuck, what am I doing with this person? A million percent, a million percent, you know, especially if you weren't knowing going into it, that it can have that kind of effect. You can be like, am I losing my mind? And, and of course, and that makes it so you want to kind of like break focus and you guys just keep centered and and keep eye gazing with one another. Oh Um, no, no, Amanda, what I meant is you could go into this and then realize that the partner that you're with is not supposed to be with you. No. Yes. Okay. Yes. I did have a partner who did this and saw his wife as a reptilian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, he's probably friends with Tom Cruise then. I don't know. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you're, you're going to get to the truth of some situations, right? So absolutely. And especially when it comes to the Tantra stuff in general, be prepared for it to uncover truths about your relationship that you might have been hiding from, right? And just know that if those truths separate you, then like that was always what was going to happen anyways. You know what I mean? Um, but Uh, it has more of a likelihood. I think people, people know deep down 
they know, you know what I mean? Like if, if they're really just in a situation ship, you know, and again, this will bring that truth to the surface, but for the most part, you know, if you are in a relationship where, where growth is both of your guys's goal, this is really going to bring a whole nother level of intimacy to your relationship. Um, that I don't really, you know, I, it would be really difficult to achieve otherwise, you know? Well, that, that is amazing. And to get off of the topic of sex, even though sex sells and (laughs) everyone's probably enjoying listening to this, but you know, uh, you need to, you need to get right with yourself before you can get right with somebody else. And Mm. the, the, the work that you do is what helps people get right with themselves. And you need to be comfortable in your own meat suit, this carbon, whatever this is that we're in, Mm -hmm. uh, before you can be able to give anything to another partner. Right. And and so what you do is so important because there are so many of us. And I feel like addicts in -hmm. particular are, are ones that are truly awake, but they can't Mm -hmm. handle it. And that is why we turn to what we do and then enter Amanda Ray where I can help you with this. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I can help you help yourself because that is and I totally agree. I think that's what addiction is, is people who were to sleep, who are awake, who are sensitive, who didn't have the language, don't have the support or the people around them to know what to do with this. And so we cope and survive by doing the best thing we know how to do at the time, you know, like, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm so grateful for heroin because had I not met that spirit, I would have killed myself. I could like, I had no voice. I was dying under this pressure that I had no idea how to get out from under. And, you know, although it wasn't the most optimal way maybe for me to be able to express myself, heroin numbed me to be able to like tell people to fuck off. And at that time, that's what I needed, right? Like it allowed my like sacred rage and my, inner dark goddess to come out and I had zero fucks you know and again that's what I needed at the time but um yeah it is definitely uh it's it's challenging to be in a work awake when you know most people around us don't seem to be it makes perfect sense that that's hard for us it's meant to be hard it makes perfect sense that sometimes we need a break from it by exploring our consciousness right it's just a matter of again finding that balance with those things and when i teach people how to just honestly the biggest thing i do is teach people how to perceive things differently right like these things that people are usually actively trying to fix about themselves don't need to be fixed and once they get permission to be that way and feel that way and once they get a different perspective of what's happening to them everything shifts inside of them because again that perspective right dmt physiologically affects the rest of your body and how you move through the world and your response and reactions so like i said so many times people just need to know that they're okay the way they are and that the decisions that they made makes sense you know that there's nothing they should feel guilty about or shameful about and anybody else who walked in their shoes would make the same damn decisions now let's just figure out how to make more aligned decisions moving forward and where where can people that are struggling with this shit go 
and enable like maybe not just you, but I would love for people to go to you because you are such an amazing soul. Like Cosmic Soul Guide is just the perfect name for you. Thank you. You are so amazing. I I hope that we actually get to meet in person one day because you are just a fucking phenomenal person. Thank you. I cannot wait for that day, brother. Um, But where can people go if they're feeling like hopeless and struggling and I... Uh, you know, like I am having sex with random people. I am fucking yeah. injecting myself with cocaine or heroin or whatever it is that they're doing to to numb themselves, right? Yes. And there is so much more to this than that. And it and even I fall victim to this shit with alcohol uh, occasionally, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you're out there and you're a warrior for the fucking truth, and you want to help people get right with themselves. Mm-hmm. And that is why I love you and love you for coming on my show and telling people this. But where can they find you if they want to uh, further pursue this? Yes. Thank you. Beautiful question. Because I agree with you. The hard thing is I am just one person. I know that there's a lot of other. um, I've I've been fortunate to meet some other people who have a similar mission, at least. But so. So if you really need support, um, especially let's say you are not in a position to be able to afford coaching with me or you're able to afford a retreat that I offer, um, I offer a free human experience virtual support group on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Central Time. It's called Soul Recovery. Um, And when I say the word recovery, I am not just talking about addiction. Again, I call it a human experience support group because one of my biggest goals is to help remove these lines of separation that says that the person who's going through addiction, the person who's wrestling with codependency, the person who has an eating disorder, that any of these are different things, right? They're the same man or they're a different manifestation of the same thing. Exactly. It's just, it's just a blocking of what you're going through. A million percent. Yep. It's trying to control. It's trying to fix it. You know what I mean? It's, it's just trying to have some sense of like, like being in control of your your reality and situation and so so in this support group we have people like myself who maybe were addicts but i said i mean people who you know childhood whatever the thing is whatever your human experience is right now um and we are all going through spiritual awakening so i will say like one thing i get told about our group often is like they're like these are the things i never felt like i could say to somebody else because i would be committed right and so it is super open um we you know we're we're pretty much very go with the flow i give everybody the opportunity to share kind of what's going on with them um but i said we're all very open-minded not only are you going to say the craziest things like you're going to have other people that are like me too right so again that is a free virtual support group that i do on wednesday nights at 6 p.m central time i also do um workshops we just had an inner child healing workshop today so we do a workshop once a month um but i'm also really big on trying to help support other people who are like me i always say i'm in the business of creating teammates not clients i'm not big pharma i don't want repeat customers you know what i mean as much as i want people to hold on through the transformation I really want to create teammates through everything that I'm doing to carry this torch and to carry it on. So we offer um, monthly 
uh, spotlights for our members, for the Soul Recovery members. So if you've got gifts to share or an energy or whatever the thing is that you bring to the table and you want support in starting that chapter for yourself, we'll create the space for you and market it and and fill it with people. So uh, that is so awesome, Amanda. And a lot you. of people have a lot of people have gone to recovery programs mm-hmm. as far as like twelve step programs, whether it's AA or NA and stuff like that. And I know that you've been to those in the past and so what can people expect from you that's different than these uh 12-step programs because Mm -hmm. i do know that you kind of rewrote your own 12 steps didn't you i did yes i rewrote them and then we actually turned them to nine steps so as it turns out 12 is the number of control right 12 hours in the day so yeah so 12 is the number of control nine is the number of completion so i have shortened my steps and again these steps are very um just an, a, a simple way to understand the process of owning, right? Rather than saying like, I, I admitted that I was an addict. You know, I say I admitted that I did not know how to control my subconscious protection mechanisms, right? Um, so there's a lot of verbiage changing. Um, and, and really it's just a step guide that explains the process of admitting that I have some protection mechanisms that I don't seem to know how to control. This is what I can control and this is what I can't control. So I'm going to surrender what I can't control to Jesus, to my higher self, to whatever it is, and and to help me make these changes, right? And we're just a, a group of people that support one another in that process of doing it. Um, there is no dogma. We'll go over all of the the steps, you know, in the initial um, in the in the beginning of the group, but the rest of the group is really free flowing. Again, first I all open it up to whoever needs to talk about something in, in traditional 12 steps. You're not allowed to talk about your mental health. You're not allowed to talk about all of these other things that feed into your addiction. And so this is like a no holds bar space, right? Um, where again, you have the opportunity and we also, we're going to share tools and authors and what, you know, we get, I mean, cause I'm not the only person who's got a lot of information to share and that's what I love about my group is it's not just me talking at people like there's so many amazing beautiful gifted talented people um, especially that are regulars now within this group that have so many beautiful insights to share and the biggest medicine and magic of it is just being able to express yourself without any sort of concern of being judged, like being able to just be met completely with open arms. And like, you can't believe the profound effect that just that hour and a half long interaction has on the rest of your week, just to get it out, to have it seen, to have it heard and to have it accepted by a group of peers is just transformational in and of itself. Man, I do a show every Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to need to, change that because I need to start going to these and because you know I used to go to 12-step meetings and when I had you on the last time the one thing the one thing that stuck out to me the most because I stopped going to 12-step meetings Mm -hmm. because I refuse to say that I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic fuck that shit Mm -hmm. you said hi I am Amanda Ray and today I did not feel like using yep exactly yep yep exactly Yep. And that's all it needs to be. Right. And, but you'll get, you'll get shit for it. And that's the hard part is I don't want to have to be defending myself in this space. That's supposed to be about healing and community. Right. I shouldn't have to. And then, you know, 
you you're just so limited there shouldn't be rules on what i can talk about when i'm in need of support from somebody right you know um and again self-fulfilling prophecy right like you know and and on some level man every human struggles with what we call addiction right like we talk whether it's like the porn or sex whether it's to your phone which is a huge one right food relationships um dude we get like quote unquote healthy addictions right i've met people who are addicted to going to the gym like do not feel freaking okay with themselves and beat themselves up to no end if they don't go to the gym right i find that that is also people that have either a gotten over alcoholism or mm-hmm. some sort of a drug addiction yep. and they just replaced it with going to the gym. A million percent, which people do with meetings as well, right? So I'm all about having a full ass toolbox, you know, because I did the same thing after my, I began experience with meditation that became my freaking life. Like I had to meditate like six hours a day to be, did I reap some freaking crazy transcendental places and make magic shit happen? Totally. But it was my only tool. Right. And so now I'm all about cultivating many different tools. And if you're ADHD, like me, where like, I, it doesn't work for me to pick one thing and do it at the same day, every time that just doesn't, I lose interest and then I don't do any of it. Right. So like my morning routine is what I call, I just call it spiritual or nervous system hygiene. So I, I've got, it's the, time period right so for 20 minutes in the morning i can do breath of life i could um you know do a workout i could do um i could do a meditation i could do an activation i could take my dog for whatever it is it's like my self-care self-love time and i get to mix it up so it keeps me interested and and you know and activated and engaged in it That is so awesome. Amanda, please tell everybody where they can go find you so that they can be a part of all of this amazing stuff that you are doing. And uh, this Wednesday, I actually am not scheduled, so I will be attending. You there. I will be attending that. Uh, oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. You bring so much to the table. Thank you so much. Um, So yeah, I am at cosmic soul underscore guide on both TikTok and Instagram. Um, you can find my website is www.cosmicsoulrecovery.com. On the website, you're going to see information about my events, my retreats. Um, like I said, the workshops. If you if you jo- if you want to come to our our weekday soul recovery meeting, all you got to do is subscribe to my mailing list. The Zoom link gets sent out to everyone. Subscribe to my mailing list. Um, it'll have coaching information on there as well. And then an email is just going to be Amanda at cosmicsoulrecovery.com. And I. I'm, I'm here for all of it, you guys. Um, I don't have any, I don't do automated stuff. I'm a very hands-on personable person. So just know that, you know, sometimes I have videos that go viral and I will get hundreds of emails in one day. So I will always get back to you as soon as I can. Um, but I'm really looking forward to hearing from any and all of you. Man, that is so awesome, Amanda. You came, you crushed. Uh, guys, I got to do this. Everybody's telling me, why don't you say hit that five star? So Guys, please go hit that five star. Let's see if that helps us out. Go subscribe. uh, And also all the links that Amanda had just said, if you want to scroll down right now while you're listening to this, they're right there. Look, look, they're right there. Look, just click on it. 
join that email, join the mailing list. Let's see what she's doing because she's doing amazing work guys. Uh, also go check out whiterabbitpodcast.com. I got the fire merch going on. You know, we got, uh, right now the hot sellers is uh, space is fake and gay shirt is, is flying off the shelves. And then we also got the women's panties that says, keep diving down, keep digging down those rabbit holes. And in the back, it says not that one. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so fun. Guys, please go check that out and go give my friend Amanda a follow and follow what she's doing because she is just doing God's work. She is amazing, amazing person. And Amanda, I love you. Thank you I so much you. for coming on the show. Yes, thank you. And I love all of your viewers and everything that you are doing. Like I said being just that warrior of truth and giving myself and other people a platform. Um, so yeah, definitely make sure you give him five stars and like, keep your <laughs> eye on us, man, because there's nowhere to go but up. And just wait till I have Catalyst tell you all about his experience at my retreat doing Bufo. So It's going to be amazing. And yeah. I am going to end you guys with my boy, Hi Rez, as always. I would never bend my knee to Satan I would never sell myself with no paper You can go ahead and call me a hater But I'll go ahead and call you a traitor Hey, Hollywood is getting cancelled I put God over financials Just know that I never kill myself If they try to use me as a damn example Hey, first Lil Nas, now Sam Smith Satan coming for the damn kids These rappers and singers are puppets The second the label give them their advances God is forgiven We were all made in his image That's why he told me to remix this Every nation demoralization While we celebrating when people are sinning Don't care if you trans Nah, oh, you a man who in love with a man But if you're gonna cover your nipples with tassels And leave the kids alone and just do only fans I just can't stand all the lies of the media Pushing these kids, they ain't standing a chance Hollywood pushes agendas with all of these artists I swear that they industry's plans All of these fallacies that they're preaching this way That there's no more objective reality Go ahead, laugh at me But I think that you worship and saying is more of a tragedy They sold out our nation for more dough That's why I don't watch award shows Celebrity puppets, we're living in luxury All of our business were forced closed Allah Jehovah Hashem or Yahweh, you can call him whatever you do. But worshiping Satan with the purpose of anger in God, well, that just gonna make you a fool.